It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. What's going on, everybody? This is the Go Birds Pod, episode 185. I am Elliot Shore Parks in the driver's seat today, along with the one and only John Barchard and James Seltzer. What's going on, guys? Oh, the both double one, uh, one yeah, and the only. Yeah, uh, was, was, is Barchard the one and only and, I, and me, <laughs> or are we both the one and only? I'm confused. I would say you're both very unique. You're both the one and only. Yeah. I would say. All right. You can't tell if he's taking a shot at us or not, Barchard. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell either. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I'm using the phrase correctly. Maybe we should just move on from that. But uh, how are you guys doing? How's the, uh, how's the social distancing? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I got, um, uh, I got one of the kids to uh, vacuum while they were on their phone nice. today. That's, I, fi- I figured out how to do that. So that was good. But uh, no, it's, it's fine. I mean, there's, you know, same old, same old, just trying to get through. All the different stuff. It's still weird going into work, and like I know James does it every single day, but like, man, at ten o'clock at night at WIP to see the city just completely quiet is very eerily spooky sometimes. And I had that like exiting and going out last night, uh, you know, getting back on seventy six. It's been I don't know how you do that every day, James. Maybe there's more more hustle and bustle during the day, but man, it's just I still haven't gotten used to that part. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it, it's still more during the day. I feel like I, my like you know quarantine or whatever you want to call it is completely different from everyone else's because I'm still going to work and my life hasn't yeah. changed nearly that much. Like everyone's like, I get to watch so much TV. I'm like, I don't. I don't watch any TV. <laughs> but it's it's all good. I, I'm well, happy. I'm happy that I have a job. That that's really my main my main thing these days. Yeah. What's funny is for me, like my life really hasn't changed that much. Like it's the off season for me, so I wouldn't be going to the Eagles anyway. James, you know, I, I come into studio one day a week, but I've, I have not been doing that. But I feel like I've learned some stuff about myself during the social distancing. Even though I wouldn't be leaving anyway, I feel like it just feels completely different. And I've learned a lot of stuff about myself. The first, I actually wrote them down for you. First oh, nice. Is, I clean when I'm stressed. Like, I've, like, really? Vacuum, Dude, you like, can come please. over anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I've been- I, I clean when I'm never 
Never. <laughs> you got the queen over there for you. But like, I vacuum all the time. I find myself like, like any time anything goes in the sink at this point, I just wash it. Like, I feel like wow. even though my day's exactly the same, I'm just like killing time by cleaning. So it's actually great for my girlfriend. But in general, nice. it's been yeah, it's made points. me extremely productive. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's get to some of these reviews before we move on to the topics of the day. We have obviously the Alshon Jeffrey trade report. I want to talk to you guys about the NFL draft and whether you guys think it should still go on as planned. I know you're guys a little bit on different sides of the argument, but I do have some reviews I wanted to share because it's been a while since we've done that. And I appreciate everybody that leaves the reviews. I read them all the time. I find that reviews are like the most pure form of like interaction on social media, like people tweet me mean stuff all the time, but when people leave a mean review, it hits so much harder. And then when they leave <laughs> a nice review, it feels so much better. So okay, yeah. it's always an emotional roller coaster. All right, let me start with this one from Pete Nathan, five stars. Best Eagles pod is the title, so you can tell it's going in a good direction. Uh, <laughs> love this pod. It's been part of my life now for forever. So refreshing to hear different perspectives of John Elliott and James. So thank you, Pete, for the uh, Oh, nice thanks, comment. Pete. This one, not so nice. It's titled, oh. this, this pod has become insufferable. Three stars, only because of James, is why he <laughs> Yes, James saves us again. Yeah, he wrote some not so nice things about Barchard's football knowledge and then said, Elliot is a pompous douche who has completely fallen in love with his own voice and idiotic opinion. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's so, impressive. I promise oh, well, you I've not fallen in love with my own voice. Like people remind um, me all the time that's not something to fall in love with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh the and this part is dead on, right? Uh, a little. I was uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then one more. Uh this one had some actual football content in it. Number one concern is the secondary, not wide receiver. Now, I should note this was before Darius Slay, so his opinion might have changed. But his overall points I thought were kind of interesting. Great show. Started listening when ESP came over. I think everyone's overblowing the need for wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. The Eagles do need wide receivers, but I don't think we need to trade up for one or even use a first on one. The only thing the offense needs is speed. I say the Eagles should go to Carolina since they're tanking and try and trade for Curtis Samuel, maybe give up a three or a four. I don't get why people think the Panthers are going to trade him for a three or a four. I mean, you guys agree with that? Yeah, I don't like, I mean, the Curtis Samuel thing. Yeah. The Curtis uh, Samuel thing. I mean, I don't, I, um, I mean, I would like that, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't think that the, the Panthers are ready to do that. And, um, you know, they're, Sounds like they're going to try. I mean, it's Teddy Bridgewater. They need somebody to <laughs> to get the yak. Yeah, that that's going on in there. Although that's kind of unfair. Now uh, his arms have been have been looking pretty good. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't think that would uh, be a direction that I would head into. I mean, especially for the same reasons uh, he stated. There's there is a lot of wide receivers to choose from in this draft class, and there's probably a lot better than Curtis Samuel. At least I would hope. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'd be out on that. I mean, I wouldn't give up a three for Curtis Samuel I, personally. Yeah. No, I, I, no way. I, I, I well, first of all, the Eagles three is pretty late. Why the Panthers would do it is because they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I mean, there is, it, it is, it's not crazy. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to suggest. I just personally wouldn't want to give up a three for Curtis Samuel. I mean, he's a nice player and he certainly, you know, has the potential to be a game breaker, but he hasn't done it consistently for a long period of time at all. It's not like I feel like Curtis Samuel is a, a lock stud. If you bring him in, he's fine. 
Well, the appealing part to me would be he's still only 23 years old, or at least he might have just turned 24, but he's still extremely young. 600 yards last year, 54 catches, six touchdowns. So the appealing part for me would be that if you're trading your third, that's that's number 103. So it's basically a fourth at that point. I think if he, he were to come in, he's probably, I would say, better than Greg Ward. He's definitely better than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And to a certain point, he's a little more dependable than Deshaun Jackson. He played 16 games last year, uh, started 15 of them. So I would feel good about giving up a late third because I don't think you're going to get a better player. And his age is still pretty appealing where you're not trading it for a Darius Slay that's 29 or, or even Deshaun Jackson last year who was 32. So it's someone that you could still potentially build around. But I mean, I, it's 627 yards receiving last year with six touchdowns. Like, is that... Is that special? No. Was, no. Well, I don't know if you heard, James, but no Eagles receiver had over 500 yards last year. <laughs> well, I wanted to sign Rashad Perryman, and you said no. So, yeah, Rashad Perryman had a better year than Curtis Samuel. Uh, yeah. I think Curtis Samuel is probably better than Rashad Perryman. He's I was younger say- and more athletic and stuff, but I'm just talking about if you want to look at the numbers, it's not that special. No, but I think the Eagles receiver core at this point could use anything where it's like a safety net if they don't hit on a receiver or if Deshaun gets hurt. And I think he would represent that. He's young enough where you can still justify giving up the third for it. But all right, let's get into the news of the day. By the way, real quick, uh, we talked about him last time. Brandon Cooks off the board. Texans have traded for Brandon Cooks. Apparently, wow, that just happened. Literally, oh, wow. like just happened. The Texans acquired Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth round pick from the Rams for the 57th pick in this month's draft. Wait, say that pick? again. A so, fourth so round pick. Brandon Cook and a fourth round pick go from the Rams to the Texans for a second round pick. Oh, okay. They swapped hmm. the second for a fourth. Yeah. Um, Would you guys have done that? No, no. I wouldn't no. want to give up a pick in the 50s no, for him. There's no. Yeah, no way. There is a no, no, it's 57. No way. That's re- but it's the Texans. Like, of course, they're doing that. I mean, <laughs> could have been Texans are horrible. Why, why on earth would you go from f- from that that Hopkins contract to that Brandon Cooks con? Like, I don't, dude. Oh, the man. Brandon Cooks contract, I'm not saying I would have done it, but the Brandon Cooks contract, unless there is some something in there I'm missing, is not that bad. It's one I'm, year. No, I'm saying comparatively to like what you are already paying Hopkins and you're just really slicing very thin for a less talented wide receiver with a concussion history. It doesn't make any sense in the world to me. Yeah. But. No, I mean, and a I guy would, that nobody wants too. by the way, right. you know, like <laughs> that. Congratulations to the Tobias Harris, of the NFL uh, for landing in Houston. It, that's a good, great comparison, actually. Um, but, but it is interesting that he's a, what a lot of teams need. He's spe- he has speed. He's still relatively young. And this will be what now his fourth team in five years. The, yeah. Right. Uh, yep. Yep. The Saints, Patriots, Rams, now Texans. So certainly getting moved around a lot. All right. Well, how James, how are people reacting to this on Twitter? We can get like some live feedback. Are Eagles fans mad or? No, they don't seem too mad. Mostly I'm just seeing people make fun of the Texans is really yes. the main thing I'm so, saying. Hey, James, how about that Bill O'Brien? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> how could anyone have ever thought he was good? That's one of the... Well, all right. Speaking of receivers that are potentially going to be traded or at least on the trade block. We had a report this week from Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer talking about Alshon Jeffrey and some new nuggets in there. I think the most interesting one was that they actually started trying to trade him last year about a month after they signed him. So they signed him in in, uh, early September. I think it might have been September 7th. And then a month later, apparently they started to trade him. And the timing is interesting for two reasons. One, because the ESPN thing not happened yet. So it kind of 
you know, shuts down the idea that they're only trying to trade him because of what he apparently said to Josina Anderson about Carson Wentz and also Howie Roseman. I think people forget that, that Howie was also criticizing that. But two, it just shows that, that they really are just doing this because they don't think he's good anymore. So I'll ask you, Barchard, do you think this, I mean, the Eagles have been kind of trying to make us think that they're going to keep Alshon. Is this just another sign that they're definitely moving on from Alshon or do you think there's still a chance he's on the roster in week one? No, I think they're stuck, man. I think they are stuck. I think they they know that they made a mistake and they're trying to turn this frown upside down either to still find a trading partner at the end of training camp or whenever, you know, things start resuming again or maybe even post draft while this is happening, but no, well, I, and I, you know, like how he said and I remember this sticking with me when he was talking to Angelo um, you know, just after free agency was kind of wrapping up there. And in his main objective, he said healthy like four or five times when talking about Alshon Jeffrey. So I, I, I think it's mixed messages. I just think they're preparing for him to be on the roster. And if they can find a way out of this, if he passes a physical slash he some is, someone is – even though it's, in, it's still impossible really for him to get traded, right? Like I know we've been through that about a billion times, but I don't know who's going to do that. So – I, I think he's going to end up being here in the long run. Or not the long run, but for the short term here. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get healthy, I think, before they're able to trade him. I do think that if the draft doesn't break a certain way for some teams, like I think the Jets are still a team that could potentially make a move for him. But another interesting part of the report was that I guess Alshon heard about the fact that he was on the trade block and it rubbed him the wrong way, as I would imagine it would, since he just took a huge pay cut. Um, and then they're also trying to trade him. But, James, for you, does this increase your worry about having Alshon back? Because I've always kind of thought that, yeah, he said he apparently said some bad stuff about Carson. But overall, like, when I'm in the locker room and from what I know about Alshon, I think players do still like him. But are you worried about having a disgruntled Alshon on basically a contract year because of this report? Like, does it, does it make you more worried about bringing Alshon back? Not any more worried. Than, look, I didn't want Alshon back to begin with. So, you know, it, it, not any more worried than I was before. I think this is something. Look, Alshon already knew about this. So this report doesn't really change anything in terms of what's really going on in the locker room. Um, but, you know, I look, I didn't want Alshon back to be in with, but I agree with Bartrand. I think Alshon's going to be back. I, I think they've kind of paid themselves into a corner here. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I don't think he's going to be healthy enough for them to trade him before the season starts. So I think you're stuck with Alshon and you, you get what you can out of him this year and, and move on. I, I think that's the way it's going to play out. I wonder if with Alshon, I think like I've reached a point with Howie and I really don't mean this as an offensive way to Howie because it's, it's his job to manipulate the media in terms of saying one thing so that we report it a certain way and then other teams believe that and that type of right. thing. But I do wonder if we're just ignoring the obvious here with Howie, which is he's saying Alshon is going to be back. The contract looks really bad if they get rid of him, so it's hard to do. I think that this whole idea, I mean, if we went back and listened some, to some of our pods from January or even December, we would have said Alshon was going to be cut the day the season ended. At this point, yeah. probably not. I mean, as James just said, I don't think it's going to happen. Barchard, you don't think it is either. I do think that the, what their most likely plan is at this point is to bring him back, put him on pup, not really have him around, and then ideally the receiving core is good enough in week uh, eight where you don't have to bring him back. But at least at that point, if things are going really badly, if they don't get a receiver they want, if a guy in the draft doesn't work out, you potentially bring him back at that point, see what he has. Hopefully you get 
a motivated Alshon, um, obviously being in a contract year and coming off that injury. But we shall see. I definitely thought it was a good report by McLean and an interesting nugget. My my last thing on that, though, I wanted to run a, a conspiracy theory about you guys. Oh, yes. I know. You love these especially, Barchard. <laughs> um, so the timing is interesting to me that they redo Alshon's deal on the 7th of September. Jalen Ramsey is traded, I believe, around October 15th or something like that, maybe a little earlier. Do you think they redid Alshon's deal thinking they had a, a potentially or a good chance at landing Jalen Ramsey? So they they redo Alshon's deal, they create a ton of cap space, and then once Alshon gets traded to the Rams, I'm sorry, once Jalen Ramsey gets yeah. traded to the Rams, they say, okay, well, now Alshon's not playing great. We're not going to get Jalen Ramsey. Let's try to move Alshon now. Yeah, I uh, didn't we think that at the time too? Because I remember going like that's a that's a weird time to do all this stuff mm-hmm. to clear up for whatever, and then we all just assumed it was because for Wentz, and then that didn't really make sense because that you know that thirty million dollar trigger or whatever didn't that you know where we're at, or what however that ended up. But I always thought that that they had some maybe it wasn't you know necessarily that, but a, a big a big thing that they kind of missed on. I, I think we all, I, at least I always thought that they had plans to do that at the deadline. Yeah, for sure. James, you buying my conspiracy theory? Yeah, I think we thought about it at the time, uh, like Bargerd said. It, look, I don't know if it's specifically for Ramsey. I think Ramsey makes sense. I think if nothing else, they restructured that deal thinking a move was coming, thinking they were going to do something else to upgrade the roster, and it never panned out. Definitely poor planning on Howie's part. I'm surprised. I do because at the time I'd heard that they were, you know, seriously in talks with with, with Jacksonville. Very interested in getting Ramsey. I'm just surprised that that Howie would pull the trigger on creating that cap space prior to having a deal much more locked down. Because obviously this has turned out to be one of the worst decisions Howie's really ever made in terms of a contract yeah. and, and and all Probably that. His so. worst in terms of just contracts and stuff. It might be his worst one. It's the only time I can think of where he's been stuck with somebody. Like there's been times where he's given players big deals and it hasn't worked out, but he's able to move on from them or something like that. But I can't remember a time, at least over the last seven years, where we've sat here and said they can't get rid of him because of the money. I mean, can you guys think of another one? Man, um, I don't think so. Nothing that we were just like, oh my gosh, they're gonna have to find uh, maybe Byron Maxwell. But well, but but the uh, well, but, but that even was then, Chip actually, I think right. Oh, I guess that's right. Wasn't that the um, off season where they signed him and uh, him and Demarco Murray? Was that the same off season? I think it might have been. Now that I'm thinking about, it. yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I but mean, no, I can't really think of. Was not a great deal, but Namdi was only here for two years. I mean, like I was yeah. on this point. I guess it'll be one year past. But all right, regardless, let's, let's move on because I'm excited to debate this with you guys because I know you're on the <laughs> oh, draft two weeks away from today does appear it's going to go on as planned, which is somewhat surprising to me, but at the end of the day, it's the NFL, and they're going to do what they want to do. There's been reports that teams are worried about having IT people come into their house. There's been reports that people are worried about hacking. Um, Do you guys think the NFL is trying too hard at this point to force a square peg into a round hole and try to make this work? Should they just push it back? Barchard, we'll start with you. Oh, no, James, you start. I'm curious because I don't really know your opinion on this. Yeah, I I don't think at all. I think they should absolutely have the draft. I I have zero issues with them trying to make the draft happen. It's one of the few sports events that we can do right now without putting anyone in any sort of safety 
IT danger. Like the IT, are we really talking about IT issues and all that stuff with with professional sports teams? Like, guess what? I do a fantasy draft every freaking year. I don't have any problems. I have no problem drafting guys in my fantasy draft every year. People do it every year. Like, what are we talking about here? I have no issues with with the IT issues, all that type of stuff. GM's not being prepared or whatever. That's on you. Be prepared. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? You're just going to keep kicking it down the road. It's like, is it going to be any better in May? Probably not. Is it going to be any better? Like, there's not going to be a time where you can have the draft before the season where you can have a real draft where people can be there and stuff. It's not going to happen. So at some point, you need to have the draft. I think it'll uplift people. I think it'll give people a diversion. I think it's something we all as sports fans need right now. I am 100% in support of the NFL having the draft as scheduled. I, I think I'm kind of like 50-50 in between the whole distraction thing. I think there's enough. I, I That's the one thing I'll agree with James on. There's enough that people need the distraction, whatever kind of situation we're in while we're doing all this stuff. And, like, you know, if people don't really want to do that, I think there's, they have to, you know, they have an option to turn it off and, like, not, not deal with it at the moment or whatever. Like, I think that's fair. But just the overall, I mean, James is here talking about IT issues. Like, it's just Wi-Fi. Or something like that. It's not. It's not that at all. It's all of these guys trying to talk at the same time, using each other's bandwidth to log into it, and it's just like it's home Wi-Fi. There's going to. This is going to be an awful shit show. It's not going to be entertaining. It's not going to be fun. It's going to drag ass. You know, like I. I don't know how they're going to end up pulling this thing off, but it's not going to be exactly what we want. We're going to be completely disappointed in it, but. At least you can get like, you know, names and things like that. It's it's fine, but like there is a massive process that's missing here. It's been in our faces for a very long time. These guys aren't going to pro days, and now you're seeing like guys run four three eights and four four ones, and you know they're trying everything that they can to get noticed because their combine was bad or good or they weren't there or they expected the pro day. Like this is just a bad process. Yeah, and by the up, way, we quick, might need real quick to that point. Like what are they? They're not going to be able to have pro days. Like you either have to. So you're saying don't do the draft this year. I mean, is that the argument? Because if you're talking about no, I'm pro just saying stuff, wait. To when? It's, it's not gonna going be, anywhere, James. When are they gonna it's be, not gonna, going anywhere. Gonna be able to do pro days before the freaking season starts, John. Like, you, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're gonna wait till July or August to have have the draft? I mean, that's crazy. No, I, but I'm just saying it's gonna be it's gonna be a bad draft. And honestly, there's probably a lot of these guys that aren't going to matter as much once the year starts either, because everybody's gonna be playing catch up massively. That's a separate issue, but that's just what it is. I mean, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. These rookies are going to be behind this year. There's no way around it. Like, my point is, if you keep pushing it back, like, there's never going to be a time that's perfect to have the draft. This isn't something that's going to be over in a month or that's going to be over in two months. Like, clearly. That's my point. I, well, that's I would my point. Say that do do it? My point is, when do you do it? When do you do the draft then? Go ahead. Just wait. Just wait. I don't For understand what. Longer, so my thing is twofold. One, the rookies are going to be behind, but they'll be even further behind if you don't draft them until yeah, like junior. Got a playbook and stuff, right? Because they, they got to find a place to live. Like, there's all those real life things. So, although they will be behind in terms of the 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 you know the playbook, I guess, and like not having OTAs and mini camps, like there is the very real part of this that if you're Joe Burrow, you know where you're going, but. If you're Justin Jefferson, you don't know where. And if you don't get drafted until June, you're not moving until your new city. Like you have to do all those real life adjustment things. So there's that part of it where I think the NFL is messing up, though. And I do agree they should have it. 
But what they're trying to do is make it a huge event while also not being able to hold it live. And I think that's adding to the complications. Like, I mean, they used to do this thing over the phone like 20 years ago. And I get that things are different now. It's a much bigger operation. But they're if I had to bet, they're overcomplicating this. And that's why it's going to lead to confusion. But in terms of having it, I, I think you have to have it on time, if not a week later, and that doesn't really make much, dif- much of a di- difference. If you're going to have a season that starts on time, you have to get this thing over with and move to the next portion of the off season. I, I mean, like we're acting like a month away from a, a playbook is going to be the worst thing in the world. I just don't know why you can't see and wait. I mean, there is at least some optimism that the curve is bending a little bit here, but who who knows? Like we don't know what's what's. Who, do we know if there's going to be football in 2020? Exactly, like, that's we what I'm don't. Saying. That's the so point. why are we rushing the draft? I think why are you rushing the draft? If, you have to do the no. draft at some point. Is the point like what are you going to do? Like if you are going to have football in 2020, if things do, if if the curve flattens and everything gets back to even if you can have it with empty stadiums or whatever it is, like you got to get these guys on teams. Like you have to know where they're going. They have to know what playbooks they're doing. They have to know who they're like, where they're going to live. All that stuff is practical stuff that has to get done. I, I would also say that if you do push it back and look, obviously everybody hopes this gets better. And Burchard, you're right. Like there are signs that to, to some degree, the curve is flattening. It's still very early, but like, what if in a month things are worse, right? And then, and then you, then you, you have to hold off even longer. And I mean, like you had the governor of California saying recently they're not gonna be able to hold football until after Thanksgiving. So, like yeah. anything at this point, in my opinion, that you can get done, you should get done because we don't know in two months what months what things are going to be like. So I don't think so much from a distraction standpoint. Like, yeah, it'll be good to be able to focus on the draft and you know for for our jobs and stuff. It'll be great for you know having new stuff to talk about and all these new rookies and stuff. But I think it's more just if you're going to have a season, you have to get this draft done because it is a critical part of the off season. Like if they put the draft off another month, that puts off the you know third wave of free agency where all these guys that are waiting to get signed till after the draft to see how teams do. Like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a guy that is probably waiting to sign with a team until, you know, a team either gets or doesn't get a quarterback that they like. If you put that off a month, then Cam's waiting and all that stuff. So although I agree I think with you. Just, I, well, and, and I think that's that's part of it, too, is Cam Newton needs a passive physical for these teams, right? They're not going to sign him without making sure that he's OK to go. Well, so my that's point big, is more you have to get everything done now that you can. I do think it's going to be a shit show to a certain degree. Like there will be stories about teams that, you know, had technical issues or like that type of stuff. There will be that type of stuff that goes on. But you have to get everything that's done as soon as possible so that the larger things when the season is getting ready, you all you have you have this stuff already already in the bag. And look, at the end of the day, it's just a draft. Like it's an important part of the offseason. But they should be able to do this without all being in the same room. Uh, I mean, Nick Saban just learned how to use email. Let's <laughs> let's take it easy, well, okay? <laughs> like you know, we 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 work with people that are trying to use Slack and things like that for the first time, and it's a disaster sometimes. And when you change things on somebody, everyone hates change. So that's uh, a lot of the bitching, and I think it is at least somewhat completely overblown that they're doing this, but when every single general manager and every single executive thinks we shouldn't do this right now, and the NFL says, fuck you, we're doing it anyway, I don't think it's going to be that great of a process. So that's, and and of course it's happening in the middle of, you know, one of the biggest off seasons for the Eagles, and I, maybe we say that every year too, but 
I don't know. I I think we're they're they're all rushing this, and it's going to be weird. Like you even did you guys even see some of those things where and and again it's a random scout around this time, so who actually knows? But saying things like, "Oh man, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a GM, I'm trading out of the, you know the fourth and fifth rounds because what's the point for next season?" and you know, there's going to be a lot of lot of activity in day three or whatever. So my thought on that, and James, I want to know if, if you agree with this, but my thought on that is that, yes, things changed quickly. The rules have changed. But I think that puts the Eagles at a large advantage over other teams heading into this draft. Uh, you mentioned Nick Saban's just learning how to use email or whatever. The Giants literally, quote unquote, just hired computer folk this offseason, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it sucks for them. But if you're Howie Rosen and you're the Eagles, you're probably sitting here and saying, A, we're always one of the most prepared teams in the league, both in terms of collecting unique data, using data in different ways, being analytically driven. They have one of the largest scouting departments in the league. So even though the pre-draft process has changed, they're going to be one of the teams that are most prepared for this change. Like Howie Roseman's best quality is he's a smart guy. The Eagles that people hire are smart guys. There's going to be nobody on the Eagles staff that is sitting there and saying like, I don't know how to use Zoom, right? So I think from an Eagles perspective, they're going to be at an advantage over some of these other teams just because of how well they're run and how good they are at adjusting stuff on the fly. Yeah, I agree with you, Elliot. I think it's a great point. And again, just on a macro sense, like it, it the point is, is the draft is going to happen this way, whether they do it now, whether they do it in a month, whether they do it in two months, this is how the draft is going to happen. We're not going to be able to congregate anytime soon. Like it is what it is. Like we are in a new normal. We have a different way of life right now for the foreseeable future. And the NFL has to adjust. You know what I mean? Like you can't just push the draft indefinitely and say, oh, it'll happen at some point. Like you have to have the draft. And this is the way the draft is going to have to be handled. And to Elliot's point, I agree. I actually think it is a good thing for the Eagles. I think the Eagles, to your point, like you look at a team like like the Giants, like Washington, the teams in this division, you know, Stephen Jones, is that guy? Uh, uh, I Jerry Jones. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like not only is it just a no-brainer, you have to have the draft now regardless, I do think it is something that benefits the Eagles. I just want to say one thing. We also don't have an NCAA champion, a Stanley Cup champion, an NBA Finals champion, and the NFL is sitting here going like, oh, no, everything, life is fine. We're just going to push on and, well, and, and be normal about this thing. This is so different. But you guys are acting like it's, it's going to continue to happen for the, for the next 10 years. I'm saying no, it's, this is a short-term sure. issue. Why not just chill oh, out for a second? Because well, it's kind of not that short if you consider that the yeah. season – Yeah, I mean – Coming up, man, like – the point is, season's not starting in September, fellas. That is not no, but, happening. But, no, but what are you going to Starts at the end of July. So I, you're talking about if they have the draft at the end of April, May, June, July, twelve weeks between when the draft should be and when the football needs to start if they're going to start on time. Twelve weeks is not a long time. Again and and again, like I just don't understand what your point is. Like you just want to wait indefinitely. Like oh, we'll have the draft at some point. Like I don't get it. Like what are you talking about? Like it well, makes no like, sense to me. <laughs> what I, I mean, I guess if there are, I'm I'm saying if we're not even sure these guys can practice until possibly as 
Elliot pointed out, and again, it's just a possibility in the long term that these people might not be able to get together until November, then you're basically towards the draft again. So I, I, I don't know. Like, you're going to lose most of this time anyway. It's I, I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. More importantly, I, I don't feel the same way that the Eagles are in a great position because of their scouting and the you know the turning on the fly. And we've seen this even with the best. I don't I don't know unless this straightens Howie Roseman out and the rest of the scouting stuff out and they end up nailing this thing over guys that are scrambling or whatever. But I, I also just, you know, I'm thinking of all the like really stupid, silly things where what if the, the feed cuts out and no one can get the damn pick in? Then what? Like, what's the contingency plan? Do we know any I'm of those sure things? I'm sure they'll have lots of contingency plans. There's a lot of money behind this, a lot of support. Like, they're not going to be using, like, dial-up internet and stuff. I, they're going to be fine. Like, again, like— It's really just picking players at the end. Yes! Like, if, if we all could I, do fantasy drafts on our lo-fi whatever, like, I guarantee— to you they'll be fine now the one thing i think will be difficult is trade talks like getting in touch with 31 potentially obviously not all at the same time but like in draft rooms i mean there's you know how he's not the one calling other gms like he's calling some gms but like a you know a, an assistant gm will call ahead to another assistant gm to say hey what are you guys thinking with like the 47th pick are you open to trading it blah blah and then it's it circles up to howie but i think there could be some communication issues that way but i think it's time to play a game guys i think I it's time it for thank you next yes all right so as we heard today unfortunately especially for my brother in 12th grade school is shut down for the rest of the year so we have yeah. a middle school and high school thank you next themed game Ooh. all right let's start with middle school thank you next remember thank you is the one you like next is the one you're moving on from what is a better lunch in middle school lunchables or pizza Oh, man. Uh, I mean, this is easy for me. I'll say thank you, pizza, next, Lunchables. Uh, thank you, Lunchables, uh, next pizza for me, because the pizza and what pizza were you eating? I love cafeteria pizza. You kidding me? <laughs> I, I could, like stadium pizza, cafeteria pizza. I'm good with it. So no, I actually agree with that. Like I would do the Lunchables, but I liked and I went to Philly public school and like our food was fairly grimy, I would say. But like. There was something I did like about it. That being said, I think there was nothing as special as bringing a lunchable to school when everyone yeah. didn't have one and like you could bring it out. So Especially because like my my dad was notorious for m- making me the weirdest lunches of all time, so that's why I always felt like if I had a lunchable by my side just in case for incidents like that, like he would just cut up a bunch of uh, cold hot dogs and just throw them in a baggie and like a couple of packets of mustard and be like, have a good day. <laughs> like, yeah, lunch for that work though. Like <laughs> yeah. pizza lunchables are probably the best ones, but all right, yeah. next one. Would you rather have an open book test or be in a group project? Oh, oh open book test. Thank you. Open book test. Next group project. I feel incredibly strongly about this. Uh, th- I mean, group um, projects were the worst. Like, who liked a group project? Yeah, that's uh, fair. I'll tell you, I like guess group projects. I did because yeah, I didn't, you didn't want to do shit. any work. You were the <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I, yeah, I hated you. Yeah, and again, even if you try and make it even, it always ends up being two people who do all the work, and the other yeah. two do nothing. Like an open book test, you've got all the answers. That's yeah, amazing. But it never really did. Like, how many times did you take an open book test and you were like, oh man, that is on page seven? Like, I feel like you still had to <laughs> comprehend all the concepts and stuff. I feel like open book tests are kind of a scam. Wrong. It's big wrong. wrong. I open kind book of. test. If you if you didn't do well on an open book test, you're an idiot. 
Sorry. No, yeah, that's no very, that's, it's very no true. I didn't even it's tell an easy you if I'm good or not. I can um, tell from the way you answered it. Parker, <laughs> what are you doing? I, I was actually split in the middle, but I, uh, James convinced me here. Yeah, the open book test was a lot easier to navigate than, you know, the two dummies who wouldn't do the science project with you. And I was certainly one of those dummies that didn't want to do a science project, too. So, yeah, yeah, I go with, uh, I, I go with the open book test. All right. By a nose, but last, I understand where you come from. Last middle school one, gym class or a free period where you could just chill at your desk, but you didn't have to do any work. I never got oh. those in middle school. Oh, I got those. Yeah, all. I didn't uh, we didn't have those, but I, I think I would still say th- thank you, Jim. Next, uh, a free period at your desk because you don't want to really just sit at your desk anyway. And Jim was fun. I like Jim. Yeah, what you're did we have? Maybe there was one. Uh, maybe high school. I think I had a free period. Yeah, in high school and, I had free periods. But I mean, uh, whatever the hell I wanted, I didn't have to like sit at a desk quietly. They would just like put the TV on and they'd be like, just do whatever you wanted. We used to leave and smoke cigarettes like around the block and stuff. Like uh, I was way too nervous to ever do that. All right. <laughs> All right. High school. Algebra or chemistry? Oh, al- al- thank you. Algebra. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Algebra. Immediately. Immediately. Peace. Next, next, next chemistry. Like how many next can I put before chemistry? I would, I, I would I, agree th- with you on that one. Uh, I, but I would. Are we all in agreement that I would tell geometry to fuck all the way off? I would take chemistry before geometry. Oh, I, I thought geometry it. was way easier. Yeah, oh, really? Geometry to algebra. Like, if you had given me geometry versus algebra, I would have thunk geometry and said next algebra. Isn't what oh, wow. geometry the one with like it had like the shapes and <laughs> the angles and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah, like I feel like I was pretty good at that. I definitely sounds got, like it. I definitely got at least to see it. Like it. Like, <laughs> All right, amazing that student, huh? I was not a good student. Yeah, like so. My, my freshman year, I took Spanish, and my dad paid a tutor for like two of the semesters, whatever they would call them back then. And he was like, "Yeah, if you get Elliot a B, like I'll give you some extra money." And I failed, <laughs> I failed both times. But <laughs> they went to tutor. I, I passed for the year, though, so that's the good news. Um, oh man! All right, last one for high school. What did you think was better, freshman year or sophomore year? Oh, sophomore year. Well, I had a way different experience, so I don't know if that really counts. But sophomore year was definitely better than freshman year just because – I were you 7, 8, 9 where you were, Elliot? Because no, I, I was I 7, was 8, 9. 9, 10, 11, 12. Like, oh, okay. too. Oh, yeah. So I, I – uh, uh, oh, yeah, the damn George school, you dirty, dirty – yeah, so like you, you, I was 7, 8, 9, and then sophomore year was – Iowa. I was the new kid. Everybody liked me, so that was that was much better. Freshman year, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Sophomore next. Yeah. Freshman. I had I had a sophomore year. I I met my buds that I'm friends with to this day. Yep. Freshman year, I didn't really know anyone, and I was just figuring it out. Sophomore year was a blast. See, I feel like I would say thank you freshman year next sophomore year. Like I was pretty popular my freshman year, and then it just like progressively went downhill. <laughs> and then I would say it rebounded senior year, but sophomore year, Ooh. that was when everyone started to like cut class and drink and stuff, and I was always too worried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so appropriate. Yeah, it left for you. me out a little bit. Um, uh, so wait, wait. I need to know what what declined your popularity, either perceptively or in your eyes. Well, or, that's what I'm saying. Because like, so people yeah. would be like. Oh, we're gonna like cut six period and go like drink on. Oh, you were the narc. You thought you were gonna narc. I love love cutting and do it. Do stuff. No, I just wouldn't go do it. And like, so yeah. So (laughs) 
then in senior year, I like grew up a little bit, stopped being a bitch, and I would do it a little more. But all right, nice. Let's get back to some football talk. Um, the twenty first overall pick. I literally spent all day thinking about what they're going to do, what receiver they're going to take, what makes the most options. Before we get into some different receivers, I want to pick your guys' brain on them. I've convinced myself that there's better, better than a fifty percent chance they're going to take a defensive end at number twenty one. Um, I went back and I looked. Did you say better than fifty? Better than fifty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh man. I went back Aggressive. and asked um, how he's been the GM for nine drafts. In seven of those drafts, they took either an offensive or a defensive lineman. The other one they took a quarterback, and the other one they traded back. So how he's never taken. Uh, like skill position player. He's never taken a corner. He's never taken a safety. And I think when you look, we would all agree the three positions how he cares the most about are the lines and the quarterback. Um, and when you look at the offseason and how it works, especially with how the Eagles handle their cap space, I think the biggest asset they get every offseason off is the first round pick. Like that's the biggest asset they have. And I just don't know if they're going to use that on a receiver, especially when. I think you can make a convincing argument that defensive end is just as big of a need both in some ways this year and I think more so in the future as wide receiver. Now, I don't know if there'll be a defensive end there that makes sense. Like, that is my only real concern here. But, James, I mean, do you agree? Like, obviously, it's not like you agree that it's more than 50%. Oh, my God, no. Honestly, I think if I had to bet on a position, I would still bet on wide receiver. Um. I think that when you look at what they've done this offseason, all the moves they made have been on the defensive side of things. They have bulked up the defense. I think they look at Javon Hargraves as a pass rushing type of move. I think that what you know, and I look, I'm not arguing that defensive end isn't a big need because I do agree with you there. But I think they're gonna go out and help Wentz in this draft. I think they want to get and look. Maybe they don't go first round. They end up going second round. That is a possibility for sure. I mean, it is compelling that how he's never taken a skill position player in the first round. But I just think if they have an opportunity to get someone who they believe can grow with Carson Wentz for the next five years, I think they're going to do it, and I think they're going to do it early. But, Parcher, don't you think it's kind of interesting that more and more mock drafts, the closer we get, are not giving the Eagles receivers? I mean, Daniel Jeremiah had him taking a linebacker, uh, Kenneth Murray about Oklahoma, which I don't think yes. Todd McShay, um, he had them taking a linebacker as well, if I'm not mistaken, right? In the first round. So yeah, Patrick, Patrick Queen. Queen, yeah. So why is it trending towards the Eagles not taking a receiver when in theory, the closer we get, you would figure the more you would hear the Eagles are just locked in on getting a receiver. Well, it's either just mock draft season and why not and let's switch some things up or, you know, I don't really pay as much attention to Todd McShay as I do uh, DJ only because – I think some of his insights are how or most of the league is trending. And I, I kind of see where they're all trying to figure out what might happen at the bottom if those you know first 15, 16 things kind of fall in order. And that's what you're starting to hear over the last couple of weeks here, too. I've always thought that there was a large possibility that was going to you know go this way. I never really thought defensive end. But, and honestly, I don't know who really fits the bill. I know we kind of talked about that and touched on it a little bit. Uh, Elliot, but even those guys that we were talking about, the gross models is the, you know, the, the my boy AJ, any of those things. How do you seems pronounce like, his last name, by the way? 
I always went Espinenza, but but okay. every but but even though that doesn't make sense phonically when you look at his last name, that I just go by some of what you know the Iowa broadcasters say. So I'm probably gotten that wrong too. But uh, I look, I, it's spelled Esperanza almost. Yeah, it, it yeah. That's what I'm. That's why it always confuses me. But hey, idiots out wandering around, don't trust anything that comes out of our mouths. Uh, the, I I think there's. Uh, more than a possibility that it's a, a defensive player than an offensive player, and that's probably just by the numbers there. But again, like I don't know, just like you, who they would have in mind for that. And if it's a guy like, uh, uh, you know, AJ or Gross Meadows, people are going to be upset. And honestly, I don't think either one of those guys are going to be major contributors right away uh, if it's something there. It, here's something I thought of that I forgot to mention at the last second. Is there any possibility that they would trade back far enough? And one, do you think that you know there's going to be people wanting to clamor to, to trade up at that point? Because I don't know either. But that, uh, that uh, Caesar uh, kid from Michigan. Ruiz, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's on their mind so too? It's funny like you with Jason bring, Kelsey. It's funny you should bring him up because I just finished doing my mock draft for tomorrow and I have them taking him at 53. So I, I do think he's a guy that, that would interest them. I do think it's time to draft the Jason Kelsey replacement. Jason's still playing at a phenomenally high level. I think he'll play great next year. But if you told me Jason wasn't playing in 2021, I would believe you. Just because just had the baby. He's the kind of guy that takes it year by year. He's had a great career already. So I do think it's time to draft the Jason Kelsey replacement. Now, I... I mean, like, I don't know if Ruiz, you might have a better insight on this than I would, but I don't know, like, if you trade back to Ruiz, I mean, are you, he's going to be your first pick, like, in the 40s. Like, I, I don't know if their first pick will be him. I still think they're going with either a defensive end or a receiver with their first pick. You, you, yeah, I th and, and I, I think they should. I'm just saying, like, the, the wild card that maybe nobody's thinking about because we've seen a couple of those over the last few years. And I, I don't and I, I buy into the trend, Elliot. I mean, that's not that's that's something that he's preached for a very long time. I'm just <laughs> trying to think of any other offensive line that might fit the bill on that side before you get to skill guys. But well, I also I, don't think interior offensive line your first pick in the draft is a great use of that resource. I think you can get guys later, but I think at 53, if you, especially if you take a receiver at 21, you could address that need. But James, I think we've all kind of operated from the assumption that Justin Jefferson is going to be there at number 21. I think we would all agree Lamb, Ruggs, and Judy are going to be off the board. Do you still think Jefferson is on the clock when uh, when the Eagles get the pick? Uh, look, I, I, I hope he is. I like Justin Jefferson. I would be in on them getting Justin Jefferson. I think um, I think the receivers are going to go earlier than we expect, so I wouldn't be shocked if someone reaches on Jefferson before 21. To the point about the mock drafts, though, I mean, the fact that they both have them taking linebackers kind of discredits it a little bit to me. Yeah, like, yeah. we all know the Eagles are not taking a linebacker in the first round. They're just not. Like, they're not going to. We know that. So it does kind of discredit that for me. So I don't put a ton of stock in those mock drafts from that perspective. Um, I think Jefferson will probably be on the board at 21. And if I had to put my money down on one guy who the Eagles will pick at 21, I bet you it's Justin Jefferson. But I also could see the draft shaking out a lot of ways where, you know, Jefferson's either off the board or they don't like any of the guys at 21. So they move back or they love that all, like if Jefferson, if, if, 
it's only those other three receivers that go, and there's all the receivers still on the board. Maybe they can move back four or five spots. Maybe they like Jefferson, Mims, Rieger, and you know a few guys kind of the same and feel like they can get one of those guys at 27 or 28 and pick up a pick in the process. I could see them doing that. Um, but I think there is a good chance that if Justin Jefferson's there, that they make him the pick. So the can way- I can I ask you guys yeah. a question too? I and maybe this is way too hot. I I would be so disappointed in Justin Jefferson at twenty one because oh. I have a lot of questions after that. Like I don't understand the makeup of the football team if you're doing that. What is the point of having two tight ends if you're drafting a slot wide receiver who apparently may or may not be able to play outside at least right away? We know he's not going to do that right away. How on I mean, earth he played does that make outside sense? two years ago? Like it's not like he's never played outside. He like as good though. He's six one four four speed. Like why can't that work outside? It, it it can, but that's I, I feel like we're talking about Nelson Aguilar because didn't well, that's basically what we're saying is like well that guy started on the outside now he's on the inside with that same type of speed and I'm not saying that they're the same player at all I'm just I would be very concerned with what are you doing with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz at that point are they rotating at eleven personnel are they staying there which now makes Justin Jefferson not as useful and then also you don't forget to have that second round pick there too that kind of played in the slot sometimes as well there's like I, there's Greg Ward that can fill that role. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't well, view them. He has this gigantic playmaker that everybody does, even though I know he's going to be a great football player. He just doesn't make a lot of sense short term and maybe in the first two years of his career here to me. So to me, Jefferson, I, first of all, I what I do agree with about your point is I don't like the idea of drafting somebody that excelled at one thing and then trying to move them to something else. Like, I don't like the, like when people say like, you know, Oh, he played guard in college, but he can play tackle in the NFL. Like if you're going to talk about a first round pick at number 21 overall, I want to put him in a lot of the similar situations he was in college to help him succeed. So I do see your point about that, but why I feel confident about Jefferson is to James point, he's a great athlete, right? Phenomenal hands. He played on the outside before. Now he wasn't as successful, but LSU's system in general was not as successful. Yeah, Joe Burrow wasn't as successful either. Right. So I think I think that's part of it. But I, I think from a practical standpoint, like if you talk about Justin Jefferson as a prospect, and I think this is what you're saying, Barchard, but like when you talk about Jefferson as a prospect, I think he's great. But I do think there's real concerns for to your point, like when he's here, how are they going to use him? Are you gonna put him on the outside? And if you are, you better be sure he can do it. And I would be so, I would be somewhat worried about that. I think I think it's a good point. So well, and and it could just be to to be fair of why it can be wrong is because I have Mike Gro syndrome, you know, because they they haven't they didn't figure anything out with whoever they brought in, whether it was Golden Tate or like they're gonna make uh, you know this great twelve personnel package that never really came like. So that that could be a part well, of it too that we're not seeing too as well. Is they have had terrible wide receiver coaches. A guy they just hired has right. never been a wide receiver coach in the NFL. So uh, so you know, coaching these guys up in general could be a concern. So how I view it is Lamb, Ruggs, Judy, uh, and then Jefferson are guys that I would either trade up for or I think will be off the board at 21. To me, I really come down to this. There's three guys I would be comfortable taking at 21, and you're going to strongly disagree with two of them. The the one that I definitely would take at 21 that I know you like, Barchard, uh, Jalen Rager. I watched a lot more of him. I think he makes a lot of sense there. He has speed. He's strong. Uh, I think you can do a lot of things with him. He weighs 30 more pounds than KJ Hamler, so I think you could put him on the outside, but you could also get some of the speed with him. I would take him at 21. I would take T. Higgins at 21, and I would still Oof. take KJ Hamler at 21. I, I think those 
Those guys to wow, me. Wait, so no Denzel. I would take Denzel Mims over all three of those guys. Oh, I, I'm, I'm very much out on Denzel Mims. Ah. I mean, five-year senior, he has probably the worst hands among all these guys when you talk. Now, KJ's dealt with drops. Not, I was about to say, not not percentage-wise in terms of drops. Hamler's much worse. Well, so last year, overall for their career, or sorry, over the last two years, Mims has dropped 7.5% of the passes thrown his way. Hamler's dropped 6.8. Now, last year, Hamler dropped 9, and Mims was around 4.5. So last year, Hamler was really bad. But overall, Mims has had drop issues as well. I think Mims dropped 11 passes two years ago, which is more than Hamler's ever dropped in a year. I also have concerns. Six three four three eight. Yeah, he's a great athlete, but I also have concerns about a guy that's a fifth-year senior that stayed this long. Like, I don't know. Just to me, like, if you're that good, you probably could have came out earlier. And Bo Wolf from The Athletic had a good tweet out about guys that have kind of, like, been five-year seniors and then came out, and it's not a very impressive list. So yeah, it is That actually scared me off, yeah, honestly, that, when I saw that. I go, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll try and pull that up while we're, while we're chatting about that there, too. But the one guy I would – and that's, like – I still wouldn't love Jalen Rager at 21, but at least there's a dominant upside to his game in this, and that is a the ability to go become a, a playmaker. And I think he is he can be a stud. The only reason why I've been worried about him during this entire time is the same reasons Elliot brought up too. Is your uh, and again, it's a weird, it's an incredibly weird draft. We don't know when these guys are going to come to fruition anyway, and maybe they don't even get to Novacare by November. Who knows? But uh, I think he is, uh, if you're going to bet on somebody, I'd rather bet on him rather than Justin Jefferson and can't wait to replay that when I'm wrong. <laughs> so, so, you know. Let me let me get your guys' temperature on where you're at with KJ Hamler because a lot of people on Twitter disagree with me on this. And when I say I think about receivers all the time, what I really mean is I think about KJ Hamler all the time. So what am I missing? Like I get the size concerns that he's under undersized, but – did we not agree all offseason that the biggest need was speed on this offense? And like to me, if you don't draft KJ Hamler and assuming Ruggs is gone, I don't think you then have a real chance at a legit, like freaky speed, elite level, gonna be able to help your offense no matter what because of his speed guy. Like I like Rager and he's fast, but I think Hamler is a different level of fast. And if you don't get Hamler at 21, He's I could, tiny, though, man. He's tiny. He's a little guy. He is little. And it concerned me when I looked it up, and he was three inches shorter than Tyreek Hill and considerably lighter as well. Like, I'm concerned about that more than I'm concerned about the drops. But all this t- all this offense really, really needs is a guy that is just silly fast that can get down to the field. Like, I don't see why people don't see that in KJ and say, okay, if we can get him at 21. Like, even if KJ struggles to get off the line or whatever, like – if you just send him down the field, he is stretching the field because he's that fast. I mean, he did play a lot of slot, too, in college, which is the other thing, too. Like, he hasn't really produced on the outside, if you want to use the Justin Jefferson thing as an that's example. Um, so that's another worry. He's a smaller guy who, I agree, the speed thing matters. It's just, I don't look at, like, I look at some of these other guys and I say, all right, they could a- actually become number one receivers. Like, K.J. Hamler, and this wouldn't be a bad thing, but, like, best, best, best case scenario, he turns into another Deshaun Jackson type player. And that would be great. But, like, Deshaun Jackson's not a one, a one Well, one, so I, I think, I agree with your point, but I think that's to, that's not a great example. Like, so I agree with you that Denzel Mims has a chance I think his his ceiling is higher to me. Like he has the body to play on the outside. He's physical. Like so, I can see your point about where if you're looking to draft 
a guy, and this is an extreme example, but like a Julio Jones, right? Like Hamler is never going to be Julio Jones. We're not going to sit here in five years and say Hamler turned into one of the top five receivers in the league. I don't think Mims will do it, but I think guys like Mims, T. Higgins, uh, Chanel out of Colorado, like I think they have. T. Higgins. You got to explain the T. Higgins thing at 21, man. Yeah, I'm I don't not a get big that T. at all. Okay. Well, here's my T. Higgins thing. He was one of the best receivers in college football all year. And now all of a sudden, with the draft process, everyone's like, uh, I don't know. Like, He's from Clemson. We've seen Clemson receivers be really good, right? He's got all the attributes you want. He's not like lightning fast, but he averaged the second most yards per catch of all the receivers in the draft. He has the longest wingspan of all the guys in the draft. He can make plays down the field. He can do short plays. He's a red zone target. Like to me, Higgins is a victim of the pre-draft process, even though it's changed. I think Higgins is going to be a star. Like if if you asked last year at this point, and I know this that the football season matters, obviously, but if you asked last year at this point, you would say Higgins is probably going to be the first receiver off the board. So I yeah, I wouldn't take him over Lamb. I wouldn't take him over Rugs. But I think I think T Higgins would is going to be a really really good pro. Uh, I, I are you implying you take him over Judy with your trash Judy take? I would. <laughs> I, I look I. I'm just not a Judy guy. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I just, I, I don't see it with Judy as much as other people do. Like, I don't think he has, to me, when someone's biggest asset, like what they're elite at is route running, I'm concerned. Like, I didn't, yeah, you know who else is elite at route running? Antonio Brown. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> route running might be the most important thing a receiver does. Like, uh, I don't, it is, it is, but I think you can teach route running. Like, I, you can't teach KJ Hamler speed. You can't teach Higgins wingspan. Like, so I, I'm not diminished. I guess I am Judy's diminished. He's an athlete, too. Like, it's not like Judy is, like, not athletic. He's super athletic and uh, he's a great I route runner. I don't like Judy. We, I mean, it doesn't matter. The Eagles aren't going to get him. And if they do, I mean, look, I, I would still take Judy at 21 if he was there. I'm just not. A, I, oh, wow. Great. Oh, I'm just good. not as big so on those other guys. Up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not. So, Bartrand, what's your concern with Higgins? Uh, I, I think he is more of that Mike Williams mold that you see. Well, who's Mike just, Williams is one of the best receivers in the league. Mike Williams is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Oh, sorry, my bad. Mike Evans. I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. Very different. I was like, I was, I yeah, was like wow, bad. we are going to debate this. No, it's okay. But that and, and not to you know, it, 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 I mean, he's not DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just trying to think of all the other Clemson wide receivers that I know. Am I missing any? Uh, who's that? Uh, Jacoby something or other? Jacoby, yeah, you know, Jacoby funny, Ford. Whenever I mean, I feel like Clemson has a. Uh, a reputation of having great receivers, but I actually can't think of any besides DeAndre we're, Hopkins. We're, we're missing a big one. Um, well, Martin, are we? Brian, oh, Sammy Watkins. Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. I knew we were missing a big one. Yeah, but he's uh, kind of trash. Like he was good for two years. I mean, you you hope if you hope to get a better guy twenty one than Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I, I think those. But 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 to your point, Elliot, I do think the pre draft. Or I mean, I don't even know if that's the pre draft process. That is the draft process. That combine. Is scary enough. Like the the ten second split there is really concerning. Oh, Mark Tavis yeah. Bryant too, by the way. Yeah. Mark Tavis Bryant. Yeah, there we go. Who definitely played uh, out, but oh, and and, now, and let's not forget America's sweetheart Hunter Renfro. Hunter as Renfro, well. yes. Uh, the other one, I couldn't think of his name, but I was thinking <laughs> of the little white guy from Oakland. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I I just don't really there's there's not a t again there's not a ton of upside there too I think that's another productive NFL wide receiver for sure um, and I he will have a good career I don't think that's a stab at at, at 21 that doesn't make any sense to me see but I think like all. to James point about finding that elite like do it all receiver I think he has more of those qualities than a Jalen Rager does like Jalen Rager does one thing well 
and he's bigger than KJ Hamler, but I don't think Jalen Rager will ever be a top five receiver in this league. I think T. Higgins has a better chance of being that than Hamler does, uh, than Pittman Jr. out of USC, probably than Mims does, I think. But I think Mims, as we discussed, has similar type qualities. Um, and then you yeah, know, but all, yeah, Elliot, all you're really saying is like that. You know, T. Higgins has a much higher floor, and Jalen Rager may or may not have a higher ceiling, or you don't even buy that. Wait, say that again. Do you think that that Higgins has a higher floor and higher ceiling over yes. a guy like Jalen Rager? Wow, yes, interesting. I do. Okay. I mean, look, Higgins was one of the best receivers in the league on a team that made it to championship camp. Like, I, I'm not saying that I, I agree that maybe Higgins, Higgins is a bit of a reach at 21, but I think this idea that some people have that, like, it's silly to take him at 21. I mean, he was a dominant player on one of the best teams in college football and is a very good athlete. He might not be, like, a freaky combine athlete, but he certainly looked like a good enough athlete throughout the whole season. I mean, in the national championship game, he took a reverse 36 yards. Like, that's not easy to do. So, <laughs> no, but, like, you're you're telling your fan base, hey, yeah, uh, we want to focus on team speed. Uh, here's a really slow wide receiver he's not again. Really like slow though. Like he's 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 not KJ Hamler fast, but he's not really slow. Like no, no, no. But I'm just saying in terms of all that. Oh, James, I found the the Bo Wolf tweet. Look at li- listen to these beauties. The last ten drafts, nine se- nine seniors were drafted in the first round. Uh, Corey Davis. How about that Josh Doxson, who I actually really loved. Kevin White. Everybody was on top of that injuries. Devonte Parker. Although I think you can make an argument that that's not so bad now. Yeah, I think uh, it, yeah. Devonte Parker's a good player now. Uh, wow. Philip Dorsett, uh, Tavon Austin, Michael Floyd. Oh, God bless you. Kendall Wright, AJ Jenkins, Denzel Mims, and Brandon Ayuk at 21 is a tough sell, as Boaf says. And I agree on both of those things, you know, for, for that reason alone. It, but the, aren't we all just basically saying we don't know? There's not a solidified guy 21 that everybody agrees on. And yeah, that well, that's just, why I think to, to, to wrap it all back up, that's why I think defensive end could be a potential option there. Yeah, right. That's why I think it's there's there's probably going to be better options on the board. And one of these 27 wide receivers that we're talking about, like, don't James, don't you think it'd be a if you can get a biter? Because I know it's it might be hard to, to trade back here, but uh, trading back to the sorry, really, really quick. I'm on a bit of a time crunch. So, oh, sorry, man. James, go ahead. No, no, it's all good. Do, do you guys mind if we just move to the major BFF? Alert. Yeah, go for then, it. Go ahead. All right. So we will have we will have time, everyone listening, I promise, to do way more receiver draft talk. But <laughs> this is my favorite segment of the day. So I want to get this in and then we can uh we can unfortunately wrap this up. All right. James, this is a bit of a sad question, but then Bartridge is a happy one. Oh good. I'm happy yeah. I'm happy Man. I can have one. That's well, not sad, but it's just <laughs> right. what, what is your biggest fear? I mean, outside of death? Yeah, outside of death, yes. Um because it's definitely death. Death is definitely. Yeah, my biggest I would fear. say that's mine on an overarching scale as well. Yeah, what, ki- like, what kind of what kind of death is death. the scariest for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got. I, do, I don't want to be stabbed to death. That's my only. Please God. It's a, just, weird, that's, it's a weirdly specific hate thing. It. Yeah. H- hate knives. Hate them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. Suffocating sounds pretty rough. Drowning. Yeah, that that kind of All right. We don't have to get into the specifics of death. Uh, <laughs> what a great question. What a dark question out of it. Um, well, say mine, and then you can answer while you think. Because okay. I realized this week, my biggest fear is rain. I'm legitimately afraid of the rain at this point from when my yeah, basement flooded. Oh, so you're talking about like that type of fear, not like a yes, existential. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not like my daughter dying or me dying right, or whatever. Right, right. Okay, so then I have it. Uh, it's spiders. I 
fucking hate spiders. I hate <laughs> spiders so much. Like even little ones, daddy long legs. Like I know they're good and you're not so, so like I hate them all so much. And especially if you like the big ones, I know tarantulas like aren't dangerous for the most part. I fucking hate them all. If I see one of those things, I'm out the door so fast. Like you, I, you won't even know it was there. I'm out so fast. I hate wait, wait. spiders. V- James, very important question. Is this another thing that Emily does for you? No, no, no. Like, I'll kill a spider if I have to. <laughs> okay, okay. No, she, sure. doesn't, she doesn't like killing bugs very much. So, like, I'll I'll do that, but I don't enjoy it. I suck it up. <laughs> but And it's not even bugs. Like, I'm all right with, like, you know, like, whatever around the house or, like, kill that fly or kill this whatever. whatever. It's spiders. Like, specifically spiders. I hate them. All right. On the flip side, Barchard, what's the happiest yeah. you've ever been? Oh, my God. Right now. If we're, I mean, like, not in not not this exact moment, but uh, I was gonna say I thought the pod's going well, but damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, uh, I I I don't think that I will ever. I always kind of feel that way. I I feel like you're on a, a pretty good path if you're always feeling like, oh, this is actually the best the best time. Like I always sure. my, my my one of my fears was always thinking that like, oh shit, high school or like you know college years or your young 20s is like this is the best time of your life and you kind of hear that phrase and you don't really believe it and then you kind of get scared that you're falling into it so uh so right I now that's found the- my found my future wife i have two kids that are absolutely outstanding that i love being around at all times and this is i get to freaking record podcasts with you guys how can life get much better than this? there you go see that's why i wanted to end the pod i knew bart should have a beautiful beautiful quote for that so <laughs> all right everybody thanks for listening i look forward to talking way more about the receivers on the upcoming episode we'll be back early next week this has been episode 185 of go birds talk to you guys later go birds <laughs>